war is hell. But not so much to the staff of the 4077th Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Two new surgeons have arrived near the front lines of the Korean War in 1951 to raise their own hell to distract themselves from the horrors of war. Join Wes and Steve as they get their critic scrubs ready and operate on the 1970 Robert Altman smash hit war comedy, MASH. And now, it's time for an all-new episode of View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of yes, welcome. View the Right Thing. Oh, I like that Steve is... He's he's given up. I didn't step on it this time in honor of the late Bill Nunn. Okay, yeah. I was like, you know what? We lost the man who played Radio Rahim. An important part of the very movie that we are named after. Mm. We're View the Right Thing. Yep. Rest in peace, sir. Indeed, indeed. Sad. Very sad. Very sad. 2016, man. Yeah. It's taking everybody. Yeah. Bowie. It's like if anybody was cool, this year's this year is just gunning for them. That Grim Reaper's out there like I feel like it's every year, but people are always like, Man, can you believe twenty fifteen? Yeah, maybe. I mean I remember what was it, two thousand nine was when we really had the first like summer of death where it just seemed like so many celebrities were just dropping like flies. But mm-hmm. also, I mean, is a big part of it just more to do with social media? And the fact that we're now just getting the news immediately, you know, like seconds after it happens. Yeah, maybe. That's probably a big part of it. Yeah. Nevertheless, doesn't make it any less tragic, that's for sure. Yeah. How, how have you been these last couple of weeks? Talk about happier things. Um, how have I been these last couple weeks? Mm-hmm. I guess I've been good. We went to Disneyland. I've been auditioning like crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if I'm on Big Thunder Mountain... It's pretty much a good week, you know what I mean? And movie-wise, we saw a little sneak peek of Doctor Strange. We did. In 3D. That's true. Listeners. I dozed off during the last minute or so. Yeah, Steve. Uh, that's not That's not the preview's fault. That's the fault of, you know, I've been marching around Disneyland since, what, like 9 a.m.? Yeah, we were all tired to start nice, with. Nice, cool, dark room. I dozed off. It was nice bit. having the air conditioning. What I saw looked really Cool. So I'm going to tell you, listeners, viewsters, see it in 3D. Yeah, that's my that's my. I mean, I feel like it's probably the best 3D I've ever seen. Cool. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I'm a great judge of 3D because I didn't have my corrective lenses on. Oh, and so I wonder if that might have had an effect on it. Oh I, yeah. You know, I was looking at it and I was like, all right, cool, but I I don't know if I can really judge what. Man, there was some crazy stuff. Even some stuff that they've shown in trailers, like yeah. the whole thing with like the uh, like when he gets the, smacked out of his own body. That and like, well, more so, I'm thinking like when the world sort of folds in on itself. Oh yeah, that stuff looked incredible in 3D. Pretty cool. And I feel like I've seen 3D previews for it, and it didn't look that cool. So yeah, hmm. Doctor Strange. When does it open? Uh, November something. November's going to be here. All too soon, my early, early November. Oh, good. I mean, if we blink enough, it'll be early November. Mm, yep. Time is flying. Yeah. This year, I tells you. Um, did you see anything new in theaters? I saw Miss Peregrine. Miss Peregrine's 
what now? School for Peculiar... Home, home for Peculiar Children, I think. Home for Peculiar Children. Steampunk X-Men. Uh, if you can call it steampunk. Maybe no, it's, like it's not really steampunk. Maybe it's more like just it's just Victorian era. X-Men. No, it's not Victorian either. It's like it's like 1940-something. World War II era 1943, X-Men. I think, is when it takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, Where the only bad guy is the black guy, Miss Peregrines. That's getting a lot of heat. Yeah. taking a lot of heat for that in yeah, the movie. I saw that, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What? It's I I don't know, I don't know if like it didn't really stick out that noticeably to me, and yeah. I, I'm saying this of course as a white guy, but um, it I I try I generally am pretty sensitive and attuned to these things. Yeah. It didn't feel egregious to me. Um, it probably would have been good if one of the kids in the home, you know, was of a different ethnicity besides white. Yeah. Everybody else was white. Um, but on the other side, they are talking about what nineteen forties England, right? Yeah. So there is that. And they and they did make a change where um, Alice and Jenny is in the movie, and in the book, she uh, that character is played by a man or as a man. Oh, all right. So you know they made some changes, but yeah. I, I don't. It's weird. I enjoy watching Eva Green. Yeah. Because um, she's a little nutty. Sure. But uh, man, I just don't think she's that good of an actress. Oh. Um, she you said uh it, not me. She Yeah, again, she's fun, but yeah. um Did she keep her clothes on in this movie? She keeps her clothes on in this one. Okay. Um I was wondering. I just watched uh, Sin City a Dame to Kill for on Netflix not too long ago. Yeah. She spends a lot of time undressed. Yeah, that and uh that's the sequel to three hundred. Oh, the yeah. Rise of an Empire. Ugh. Um yeah, so you know, other than the, that um, and actually, I actually kind of think Samuel L. Jackson was maybe miscast in the sense that, like, I don't know if he was really, he's just, it's just overacting, you know, it's yeah. just, it's just a little too over the top for me, huh. but, um, the kids were all really good in it. Um, they switched, uh, you know, the kids have different powers, yeah. so they switched two of the kids, um, oh. powers. So That's strange. So like Ricky's got Iceman powers, but Johnny's got. Ice woman powers? Well, so, like, um, there's a character who has uh, fire powers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a character who uh, levitates. Oh. Or not not levitates. She's got a thing with air, and so she has to keep... Uh, she'll float away if, if you don't keep her tethered, basically. Wow. And they switch them around, which is interesting because um, it, that's the... Uh, one of them is the main love interest of the story. Huh. So it's kind of interesting to see them switch those. And then they gave her an extra ability as well. Ooh. But uh, it's got the kid from, uh, what's that, space movie? There's a lot of space uh, movies. With a writer that got, got got some heat thrown at him. That's um, 2016, my friend. Maybe Orson Scott Card. Orson Scott Card. Oh, you're talking about Ender's Game. Ender's Game, the kid from Ender's Game. Okay. Is uh, is the lead in this? Uh, Chris O'Dowd is in it. Oh, cool! And he does an American accent. Oh yeah! And it's totally bizarre. I Be- met him one day. It changes like the register of his voice. Yeah. Not just the way he says words. So I thought that was interesting. You met Chris O'Dowd, huh? I did at a sea parks. No, I didn't meet him at a sea parks. Missy uh, Joe's. It fans. What's that? Missy Joe's. <laughs> Missy Joe's. It fan. It crowd fans will get that one. Do you watch it crowd? 
I love IT Crowd. Okay, then you get the Sea Parks reference. Yeah. But uh, yeah, one day, this was before Bridesmaids, mm-hmm. but after I had watched all of IT Crowd, just hunting it down on the internet mm-hmm. years ago, and right before Bridesmaids, I was at the U- the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, mm-hmm. and you know it was for the Ass Cat Show, and you know how sometimes they let people sit cross-legged on the stage when they have too many people. So he was sitting right in front of me. I had no idea it was him. Yeah. And uh, Matt Besser of the UCB, you know, one of the one of the hosts of the show, he was kind of breaking his balls about how tall he was and how he had to be stuck sitting on the floor and all that. And it was a it was a, you know, warm little fun kind of hey, gentle ribbing thing. Everything was fine. Yeah. And then when he stands up at the end of the show and I'm still in my seat, he stands up and sort of turns to leave the stage and I look up and it's Chris O'Dowd. That's awesome. Roy from from the IT crowd, which I like just binge watched. Yeah. So I was like, "Holy shnikes. So then um we got separated in the crowd, but then when I was out on the sidewalk, he wound up walking past me, and I was like, I gotta say, like, I love the IT crowd, I just binge-watched the whole thing, you're great in it. And he said, oh, you're very sweet, thanks, <laughs> and just went about his evening, and huh. I was like, that's enough! That's awesome. Chris O'Dowd, A-plus guy, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, neat. Speaking of Samuel L. Jackson as yeah. a villain, I watched a movie where he plays a, a hero sidekick. Yeah, what movie was that? Currently in some theaters, The Legend of Tarzan, starring oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the younger Sarsgaard. Not Peter Sarsgaard. Um, no, this is Skarsgaard. It's a Skarsgaard. It's a... Uh, I don't remember. Stellan Skarsgaard is his dad. Is it? Alexander Skarsgaard, right? Alexander. That sounds right. He's from I'm True Blood. Not, yes, from True Blood. Yes. Love that guy on True right? Blood, at least. Yeah. And, I mean, he was decent in this. Um, the movie, it's a kind of a strange experience. Uh, one thing I do like about it was, instead of just being... Hey, you know the story of Tarzan? Here it is again. This movie starts with Tarzan is already a grown man who's gone back to England and already been civilized. Yeah. And now they're learning of this new threat in Africa. Uh, These guys, you know, are trying to take over this land so they can get a hold of this diamond mine. And um, basically this chief of this tribe that lives on that land, he's a real tough guy. They're Mm -hmm. fierce warriors. Mm Mm-hmm. They're giving the white guys a hard time getting to these diamonds. But he's like, if you bring me Tarzan, you can have whatever you want. So mm, so you can find out why he wants Tarzan. Yeah, so basically it's like King Leopold of Belgium is sending his armies down to get these diamonds. Uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Christoph Waltz. I like plays, him too. Yeah, he plays this like emissary for It him. sounds like a good cast. It's a pretty cool cast. Yeah, we got Waltz. We got Samuel L. Jackson. We yes, got... Skarsgård? Who's the Margot girl? Margot Roby? Margot Roby, is that the girl? Yeah. Hey, mm, she's pretty. She's beautiful. I think she does fine work. Mm. You're going to complain about Harley Quinn, which is... Like I, I haven't even seen that. One of the kajillion things to complain about in that movie. But, so what happens is, Samuel L. Jackson hears about what's going on, and he's like, hey man, like it's 1880-ish something, you know? You're the Lord of Greystoke. People are going to listen to you if you say there's a problem. Don't, don't give there. too much away. I haven't seen it. This is all just the beginning. He's like, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I'm a black guy from America. Nobody wants to listen to me about this problem. But this is where you grew up, bro. You need to get down there, and we need to fight this problem. And so, you know, Tarzan's like, you're right. And then they go off on this grand adventure. Cool jumping off point. Really cool. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. And they still showed a lot of cool stuff about him being a kid. And, you know, origin stuff peppered in. But the movie was only 90 minutes. 
and it felt like three hours. Uh, that's I not good. don't understand how that happened. Do you think? Uh, do you think that if it was if you'd seen it in three D, would that have helped? I don't think so. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've watched. I've gone to see movies in 3D and then in 2D or vice versa. Yeah. And I've never really gotten much of a difference. Like, if the story's there, it's good. Yeah. Um, and this was, like, pretty cool and looked pretty cool. And there was, you know, Tarzan's ape family. These There were some breed of gorilla that's, like, even more gigantic than gorillas. They were awesome looking. All the animals looked real cool and stuff. But there was just something weird about it where, you know, I checked my watch thinking we must be an hour in. And we were 20 minutes in, and I just didn't understand that at all. Hmm. Pacing at issues, all. huh? Very, very strange pacing issues. Hmm. Could have been because it was, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Who knows? I don't know what. But yeah. it felt so long, and it was only an hour and a half. Very strange. Very, very strange. Been watching Luke Cage. You been watching Luke Cage? Yeah, I'm uh, three episodes away from finishing. Ooh, I'm on episode... I'm about to start episode nine. Eventually. Yeah. Um, By the next time we podcast i'll have definitely finished it i better have see a buddy of mine is like let's watch the last few together and i'm like okay we can do that i usually don't like doing that but we can do that you know how many episodes he's watched two zero oh that's not good so he's about to go on vacation i said you better watch luke cage every night before you go to bed on vacation pal yeah we'll see we'll see but i'm enjoying it a lot i'm watching it with our friend daniel Daniel Weiss. Daniel Weiss. Who once did an episode of this very show. Yep. yep. Pretty cool. Yep. yep. Luke Cage. There was something else I saw in the theater. Oh, I saw the new Nicolas Cage movie directed and written by Paul Schrader. Yeah. What, was written by. What's that, uh, what's that called? It's called Dog Eat Dog. I got to go to the premiere of it at the Egyptian on a total whim. Wound up in there. Paul Schrader, Nicolas Cage did a Q&A, and then they showed Taxi Driver after that. That's awesome. It was pretty cool. Fun movie. Uh, you know... Kind of a little bit out of the uh, Pulp Fiction-y kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But it's Nicolas Cage and two other guys who do great work, and I won't spoil it for you because it's kind of a nice surprise when you find out who they are. And they're this team of just ne'er-do-well, you know, criminals for hire. If it's if it'll get them cash, they'll do it. And they get into a scam that just keeps unraveling and uh, going comedically and violently wrong. All right. Doggy dog. Directed by Paul Schrader. Pretty fun movie. Well, all right. Pretty Sounds gory good. at times, but pretty fun. I want to I wanna throw an idea out to you. Because I know idea. our show is constantly evolving and changing. Well, sure. Uh, you know, as Rush said, changes aren't permanent, but change is. Okay. If you say so. Words of wisdom from Rush. They did. Uh, they do that Tom Sawyer song. That's the exact song that line is. Oh, from. is that okay? Yeah. See, you know me and music. I'm. It's not. That's okay. Yeah. That's why me and music. So, uh, what do you think about oh. doing more general movie type things? I like that you assume I think at all. Yeah. General movie type things, rather than. Like going super, super crazy in depth every every single scene. Sure, we just you hit about how like we're about to talk about Mash, and I have zero notes. <laughs> yeah, hey, well, that too. Uh, no, um, you know, we'll talk trivia, talk a lot of trivia, and we'll talk about how we felt about the film and the, and the different scenes that we liked. But maybe um, add in a little bit more, uh, maybe more movies and uh, and things like that. More movies, yeah. Like we'll go see a movie in the theater or something. Well, I mean, I like that idea. Let's see if we can make it happen, maybe. We can try. See, the thing about that is, 
seeing movies in the theaters costs time and money. That's true. Right now, I'm pretty limited on both. Maybe we could do, like, really recent Blu-rays, even. Something like that could work. We could do a mixture of things. Mixing up. Viewsters, let us know how you feel about this. Um, Yeah, tweet us. So I'm going to pitch something to you, because it's, it's a special month. You pitch, I'll catch. Oh, uh... I was making a baseball metaphor. So it's a it's a special month, right? October. Yeah, what's that mean? You don't have a mic near your mouth. Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween. Uh, which means? Horror movie. Yeah, so we have a separate bucket just for this. Um, I brought a DVD today. You did not. I did. What is it? Well, let's finish this story and I'll tell you what okay. I brought. Okay. Uh, so what I was going to suggest was maybe we watch a couple of movies for the next podcast yeah. because we're this podcast this episode is coming out in October and it's not horror at all. That's true. Well, I mean, it's set, satire about horror. horror. It's a satire of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not a horror. Movie. So maybe we watch a couple horror films uh, yeah. for the next episode. We'll draw a couple out of the bucket and uh, see how it goes from there. Sound good? Of course. All right, cool. I like watching scary movies. Tell me about this DVD that you brought. Well, as you know... It's the first time hearing of this. America is in the grips of a strange... What could you call it? Nightmare. Nightmare, but almost like a prank. It's in the grips of a strange prank. Yeah. And all these people are reporting all these sightings of weirdos just walking around dressed as clowns. Ah, See, I thought you were going to talk about Donald Trump. No. That's a nightmare as well. That's what I was referencing. The, the, tr- the clown thing is just kind of a prank. Now, I've seen some new footage of people actually yeah. stumbling upon these clowns. I saw a guy getting chased across a weird bridge in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And he was saying, he's got a knife, he's got a knife. I didn't see a knife in the clown's hand. But I also barely saw the clown at all. I mean, I could see, hey, that's clearly a clown. Could have been staged. Yeah. Anything, you know. Very, very strange phenomenon going on across America. I think these guys in the clown costumes need to cut the S because it's a real good way to get shot. Yep. I did see a clip of a guy just walking into McDonald's with a clown mask on and a hoodie over it, and he just walks in, and he's just kind of lurking and staring around, and some dude just punched him right in the face and knocked him out, and my pee probably popped really loud. That's all right. But, uh, yeah, so these clown guys, like, knock it off. You're, You're asking for a bullet, I hate to say. And, you know... That doesn't mean anybody that shoots you is right to do it, but that's how stupid Americans can be right. with all our guns. So cut it out, clown guys. Um, so in honor of that, and if the bucket plays along, because this movie is in the bucket. It is. What, what is it? Shakes the Clown. Shakes the Clown. Starring and directed by Bobcat Gold. But here's the thing. Yeah. We're not drawing out of the regular bucket. I know. We're drawing out of the horror. I know. I'm just letting you know the bucket won't cooperate because we were drawing out a different bucket. Oh, yeah. That's true. I don't know if you understand this, Wes. It's been called the Citizen Kane of alcoholic birthday clown movies. It's okay. I'm really excited. Shakes the Clown, ladies and gentlemen. One of my favorites. I'm I, yes. I, the only reason I want to see it is because it's one of your favorites, and because we can talk about the clown problem in America. Okay, I kind of want to see one of these guys. Yeah, I would too. And see if he's really got a knife. Because every video, somebody's like, "He's got a knife. He's got a knife," and you never see the knife. I've never seen the knife in these videos. It's, and prob- it's probably staged. their buddies. Yeah, it's probably their buddies. I hope it's their buddies. I don't want anybody to be in danger. Yeah. From um, the killer clowns, right? From outer space. From outer space. You've seen that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. The cotton candy pods. 
What are you going to do with them pies, boys? The best part, in my opinion, is the shadow puppets. Shadow puppets are great. Shadow puppets. That's a great scene. The popcorn. Hands down. Popcorn in the hamper. When the guy's got regular puppets on his hands, and then they've got laser guns in them. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, it's fun. The the Kyoto Brothers. The Kyoto Brothers. Kyoto Brothers. That's who made that. Oh, cool. I thought you were talking about the guys in the ice cream truck. That's the no. Fratelli Brothers or something. The Fratelli Brothers. No, that's the ghosts from, from that's the guys from Ghostbusters Goonies. Two. That's the guys from Goonies. Who are the ghosts from Ghostbusters Two in the courtroom? Vigo. Oh, I don't know. I don't uh, remember. Something Italian. Sure. Scolari Brothers. Scolari. That's right. Absolutely. Wow. We know our Italian brother duos in movies. Should we talk about Mash? <laughs> I guess we could. We could talk about Mash. Um, Mash. Um, Robert Altman directed this film. Starring Donald Sutherland, Elliot Gould, Sally Kellerman, Sally Kellerman, the Hidden Valley Ranch lady. Uh, yeah. Uh, enjoy Hidden Valley Ranch. I'm Sally Kellerman. Uh, you, you, put it on your I'm salad. lost now. Robert uh, Duvall. Robert Duvall. Uh, Radar. I can never remember Radar's real Gary name. Berghoff. Gary Berghoff. Do you think that guy is just still swimming in money? Probably. I mean, MASH was on. It's probably still on in syndication somewhere. Yeah, yeah, probably. And he was in the movie and the whole entire series. All nine seasons or whatever. Way to go, Radar. Radar, if you're listening, I need to borrow about ten grand. Um, so, Elliot Gould. Who was uh, Duke? Who played Duke? That was... Uh, was that um, um, Tom Skerritt? Tom Skerritt. Yeah. A, a mustacheless Exactly. That's Tom why we have a hard Skerritt. time remembering it's Tom Skerritt, because he ain't got that stash, baby. Yeah. That's a good cast. Yeah. Great director. Good writing. Uh, it funny was movie. nominated. It would not play today, but a very funny I don't movie. know that that's true. I, I think it might. When you look at a movie that like somebody like the Coen brothers might make, where they might make a satire on, on race. Yeah. I mean, look at, um, Oh brother, where art thou? Where art thou? You know, like, yeah, I don't remember that getting all that racist though, except for the clan scene, but you know, yeah, except for the big racist scene. With well, right. But I mean, that was, making but it's a, a comedy, right? Like, here's the good guys. Here's the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I it, think this movie was kind of just Hawkeye and Trapper John and Duke just literally just breaking everybody's balls about race and gender. And, yeah. Uh, I have to wonder if Mash would work today with that much just nonstop offensive material. I think it can. I think. I think it would. I think it would be written a little bit differently. But yeah. I. Th- I think um, the concept definitely would work today. Um, oh sure. Yeah. Yeah, the, I definitely want to see the adventures of wartime, you know, field doctors. Basically. I'm telling you, I think the Coen brothers can make this movie. I don't want them could. to. I don't want them to. No, it doesn't need to be remade. Yeah. And of course they could. But what I'm saying is, like, if this exact script showed up on somebody's desk and it was just sexism this, racism that, somebody would be like, Ugh, we got to tone that stuff No. Down. Well, if, if some schmo wrote a script like this, yes, I agree. If... Ethan Cohen or Joel Cohen yeah. wrote that script. I think movie. it would totally get made. Interesting. I, I absolutely. I think if Tarantino wrote that script, it would get made. Hmm. It's only one way to find out. Remake mash. No, Remake. Ma- no nobody needs to. I need to blow my nose. Oh no, he's gonna blow his nose right into the microphone. Uh, maybe I'll just wipe. So uh, the movie was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. It was nominated for editing, uh, best director. Uh, Actress in a supporting role, Sally Kellerman. Cool. Um, nominated for Best Picture. And it won Best Screenplay. Oh, yeah? 
yeah adapted what they call what nowadays they call it adapted and back, it was an adapted screenplay back yeah, then yeah back then it was uh called based on material from another medium oh okay so had it had was there a mash the book i don't know maybe it was a book or a play huh. i could see it being a play i could too except for maybe the golf scene except for maybe the golf well you can hit yeah, golf, golf balls off stage yeah use uh use into uh, a curtain wiffle balls they got wiffle yeah. golf balls yeah. out there Hit them into the audience with autographs on them. Keep that mash golf ball, folks. Um. So tell me what you what you um what you liked, what you didn't like. You didn't like the racism and the sexism. There was tons of it. There was just so much. I mean, they literally at one point set up a basically a viewing party mm. to yank up the wall of the shower tent uh-huh. and let you know all the male doctors and female nurses. Uh, get a view of whether or not uh, Sally Kellerman, uh, you know, basically what her naked body looks like. Did she dye her hair? And she's pretty well traumatized. Yeah. You know, she's screaming. She's got shampoo in her eyes. She runs off naked. Yeah. And yep. and that's just a little nutty. I mean, sure, that kind of stuff probably happened back then. Doesn't sure. make it right. Agreed. Well, and I think there is, um, uh, I agree, and, I, and I'm not so sure the scene needs to play out necessarily the way it did. Yeah. Um, but there is kind of an interesting thing in, like, you know, how they basically bully her into submission, and that's sort of the last straw for her, right? Yeah. Like, that happens, and then um, Hawkeye and Trapper John yeah. uh, leave yeah, they for a go while. To Japan they go to Japan. To- play some golf and like fix what is it like some some senator's kid yeah senator's kid who's sick with something when they come back she is with duke oh yeah and she her mental state is completely different you know like they have that whole thing where she's like the cheerleader and she's kind of like ditzy and um a little bit too boisterous yeah and she's become one of them um and i i think you know it's indicative of the idea that like military at its core is about um, for the people in there. And I'm not saying that this is true. I'm saying this is the uh, mentality people have about it, Yeah, that it's um, bullying you to reshape you into who they want you to be. There is that. And that was, and that's like a big piece of this film is um, Hawkeye and Duke and B and BJ, no Trapper John. Yeah. yeah, Trapper John is Elliot Gould. Uh, reshaping this mash unit from what the military has made it into what they think ah. it should be. Um, and so while I I get what you're saying, um, and maybe Oops. maybe you find it. I dropped my phone that it's got my notes on it. Oops. Um, maybe uh, you can that do it a different me. way. And now Walt's freaking out. Uh, you know, for the the concept of the story, it's needed. You have to have that um, mm. some type of catalyst to to demonstrate that. I think. Okay. So that's my that's my take. Good way of looking at it. Um, Great way of looking at it. But since you bring that up, um, I got a little a little trivia note here. Uh, Let me hear it. Uh, the first take of the shot where Hot Lips is revealed in the shower didn't work because Sally Kellerman anticipated the reveal and was already lying on the floor when the tent flap went up. Oh. To distract her, Robert Altman and Gary Berghoff entered the shower tent and dropped their trousers while the shot was rolling outside. While Kellerman was staring at them, the tent flap was raised, resulting in her genuine surprise and shock when she realized what had happened. 
in the special double disc DVD, they say that Radar is standing naked beside the camera, and that's the reason why Sally, Sally Kellerman looks so surprised when the flap was raised. Fair enough. Yeah. So Radar uh, hung bread in order to get that response out of Sally Kellerman. There. <laughs> that's a funny phrase. Showed his loaf. Well, there you have it, folks. Surprising people with dong shots. So what else? What else did you like or not like? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a funny movie. It, it's it's. Uh, I could have done without. Uh, well, I, I got to say, I'm saying I could have done without some of the uh, emergency room gore. But really, it wasn't even all that intense. Wasn't that bad? I'm just really not good with emergency room gore. And it's that 70s like weird colored blood. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really quite right. Yeah, but just for me, just the idea of knowing that oh, those characters are standing around an open body. Yeah. And fiddling with its organs like that is enough to just make me. Yeah. Getting all those saws and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Talking about the different tools and having to cut through this and rinse out that and get a vacuum hose. And... I like that they referred to uh, Trapper as a chest cutter. The chest cutter. But yeah, I mean, you know, it was a cool movie to see. It, it's it's worth seeing. You know, it's definitely a. Uh, uh, a really just eye-opening look into the kind of movies that were being made in the 70s, you know? Mm-hmm. There was that whole kind of anti-hero thing going on. Mm-hmm. Anti-hero? Anti-hero. I like anti-hero. Uh, I like anti-hero. Anti-hero. Either one. Anti-hero. And, yeah. you know, shortly after watching MASH, I, uh, I watched uh, Taxi Driver on the big screen for the first time. Yeah. You know, very, uh, certainly not uh, movies that you could say if you watch one, you don't need to see the other by any means. Mm-hmm. But they definitely are both in that anti-hero this is the 70s, America's in some weird trouble right now, and these are the movies people want to see. Right. And I think that's an important thing to revisit Right. If you, if you take movies seriously. You can't just watch superheroes punching other superheroes in the face. You got to watch some stuff about real life. Sure. I agree. Even if it's satirized real life about the horrors of war medicine. Yeah. Yeah. I like Ash, I like the whole um, the whole uh, assisted suicide ruse. Mm. Um, that's not, a pretty uh, that's a pretty funny scene. Again, not a topic that like is one to joke about typically. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the movie for the, for the viewsters in the movie, um, they have a uh, their jawbreaker. Right. The dentist um, is uh, known. He's I guess he's well hung. They know him for being extremely well hung. His prowess in bed. Uh, and uh, he was with a lady. Yeah. And uh, he couldn't get it working. Right. And so he he decided he must be gay. Right. And life isn't worth living if you're gay. Now, obviously... Attitudes uh, on that have changed. Attitudes on that have changed. Um, uh, the absurdity of... The sort of like homophobia, right, um, was immediately recognized by Hawkeye and his cohorts. Yeah, I did like that. Yeah. The fact that these characters were just like, oh, if you are gay, like we don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. big deal. You're still our buddy. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Especially, I mean, this was set during the Korean War. Yeah, when homophobia was just most people's mindset. Yeah, for crying that was normal. Out. Yeah, so they they. Uh, assist him with uh the black pill that was yeah um and so uh it's basically a drug knocks him out and uh they convince a young nurse who's 
about to be on our, on our way home. This is where I take issue with it. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure this character had mentioned that she's married, right? But she's sleeping with Hawkeye. She's sleeping with Hawkeye. Yeah. That's her choice. Good for her. Mm-hmm. And then Hawkeye does this thing where he's just like, well, I can just pass you on to this dude. And when you see how big of a schlong he has, you're just going to want to hop right in there, aren't you? And that's pretty effed up, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, pretty effed up. Yeah. I mean, she could say no. She could absolutely she could, say She could no. not do it. She could not do it. She chooses to do it. She chooses to be one of the guys. Fair enough. Uh, I, I get it. I, I understand weird, what you're saying. Weird mentality for Hawkeye, though, to just be like, hey, this girl I've been shacking up with since I got here, I'm just going to trick her into boning down with my homeboy. Yeah, I, and I don't know if that's necessarily a, a good representation of the era the film's supposed to really take place. Yeah, definitely. That um, that definitely seems a bit more of like a post-Vietnam free love. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was the 70s, so when they made the film, um, so it's pro- it probably is a bit more of the mentality, but I don't know. I wasn't in, I in Korea. Ladies, if you were a, uh, a nurse in the Korean war Let and, us know. and you would have, uh, gotten down with a, with a guy who you had been told was literally dying from poisoning himself on purpose, uh, tweet at us. That's at VTRT movies. If that's, if that's something you can attest would have happened. Yeah. A test. Is that the word I'm looking for? Attest to? Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. She, she ends up flying away in the helicopter smiling. Uh, yeah. I think she, uh, the idea, the idea behind it was she was doing a good deed, right? Right. Um, saving, saving this guy's life. Yeah. Cause what did Hawkeye tell her? Like if you, you know, just watch over him as he passes away, but he also sort of, he, he, he sort of uh, uh, conned her into thinking like, but maybe there's something more you could do to, right. to bring this man back from the almost dead. And, yeah. and uh, she figured out what he meant. Talking about that schlong. Yeah. Uh, so th- they do this um, really great shot just before this, the assisted suicide where um, you see through the tent walls. Yeah. And they're all having, they're breaking bread. And right. it's like, this really great uh, Last Supper shot. Right, yeah. It's one of my favorite shots funny. of the whole movie. Um, then, uh, the dentist is like, maybe I better lay down in the coffin before I take this. And that's just funny to me. And then they sing to him. They sing the song. Oh, yeah. They Su- sing the Su- MASH the theme. Suicide is painless so by the, somebody. Well, that's by somebody. Um, the lyrics were written by Robert Altman's son, oh, wow. Mike Altman, who was only 14 years old at the time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and so he wrote this song for the movie. Robert Altman um, got paid $75,000 for directing this film. Wow. Times have changed, right? Times have changed. I mean, in 1970, that was a lot more. That's a good chunk. It was $75,000 was a lot of money. Um, but his son, who was only 14 at the time, yeah, uh, got residuals on that song and continues to this day to get residuals on that song. Wow. And he's made over $2 million. Just from the theme from MASH. Just for writing the theme That's from MASH. That's incredible. Yeah. Just the lyrics. Yeah. Wow. It does bring on many changes. Uh, that's that's pretty wild. So this a 14-year-old kid wrote the theme to MASH. Huh. I don't even know what to do with that. Yeah. I just don't. Walt is just as surprised. Got Walt the Chihuahua over here. He's he's surprised about. Yeah. Ro- Robert Altman. Eric, you said his first name was? Mike. Mike. Mike Allman, if you're listening, tweet us at VTRT Movies. Tell us about 
how you wrote that theme from MASH. I'm going to try to talk over all the noise happening in the hallway right now. I'm just going to keep talking into my microphone so that hopefully I drown out their noise. What you looking up, Wes? uh, I was just looking at a couple other uh, pieces of trivia here. Cool. Um, The uh, opening titles. Yeah. They they bring the, the soldier in. On the stretcher, and oh, the guy yeah. trips and falls. It was an accident. Oh. They left it in because it was like foreshadowing. It seems very realistic. But you, I, I did love the scene when they come back from Japan. Yeah. And like one helicopter lands with a, a injured soldier on it, and their helicopter lands with their golf bags on it. And if I'm not mistaken, more guys come to help them with their golf bags yeah, than yeah. run over yeah. to help the injured soldier. That's a little uh, unfortunately telling of uh, what was going on in the day. So you're talking about the uh, the operating scenes? Yeah. Uh, so they were almost cut out because they were too graphic. Really? Yeah. And um, there were two women who were visiting the set. They told the producers that the operating scenes uh, were what made the movie and they should be kept in. And so wow. They kept them in. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it was, you know, it was necessary to be like, hey, look how much fun these guys are having. But, oh, wait, these guys are in charge of trying to save the lives of you know the the men and women of the u.s military who are getting shot at and blown up and this that and the other thing in the in our conflict in korea there yeah heaven help us um you know uh something else i'm uh something else in the film that I, i'm a big fan of is uh all the uh bro- the broadcasts not the music but the um like the pa announcements, announcements? the pa yeah. announcements I really those like. were always funny yeah how there was always like uh Tonight's entertainment will be blah, 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 this and that. And then later for, oh, what? Okay. Oh, we're changing that? All right. Well, then later for the, like, yeah. just get interrupted in the middle of everything. Yeah. And all the business the, with Radar and uh, the Colonel was always hilarious. Oh, yeah. I was one step ahead always. Yeah. Yeah, I like oh, that announcement yeah. thing where they're like, you're like exactly what you're saying. You know, there'll, there'll be a movie. Tonight's movie is da 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 Yeah. Uh, Secondary, the uh, movie tent is closed for fumigation or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, like just whatever that guy was about to announce was about to get immediately kiboshed. Um, and then my favorite gag in the movie was the final yeah. announcement. Should we get there already? Uh, we, can get, we can get there. Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right, so the movie, you know, they're wrapping up. The movie ends with a football game, which is a strange choice. And then... And then at the end of it, um, you hear the announcer come over the PA and he goes, tonight's entertainment was MASH starring Donald Sutherland, Elliot Gould, Sally Kellerman. And he just lists everybody it's starring. I'm pretty sure he mentions directed by Robert Altman. Yeah. And then that's it. That's the closing credits. And no more credits. There's no role. You don't see anything in print. Literally just the PA guy is going to say these few names and the movie's done. Yeah. That was a baller move right there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Real ball. I mean, last thing I sat through the credits on, I bet the credits were easily 10 to 15 minutes maybe. Absolutely. And this movie was just like, I'm going to read this list of names as part of the movie, and uh, it's a funny joke, and it's over. Yeah. That was great. There is a, there's a rumor that um, one of the announcements was a memo from Fox. Oh, really? Like It was like an absurd memo that Robert Altman was like, I guess they had uh, nude pinups in the editing bay. Oh, yeah. And uh, somebody had a problem with it. And Robert Altman like, was like, get out of here. And nice. so a memo came down that said, no more no more pinups in the, 
you know, okay. on the property or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what the memo was, but but whatever it was, it ended up. So Robert Altman took it to the soundstage and recorded it as oh, that's a, funny as one of the memos. That's real funny. Yeah, give them hell, Altman. Yeah, I mean they they supposedly a lot of that film is improvised, which is uh, you know definitely, that makes sense. Robert Altman was a proponent of that. Yeah, um, you see that a lot in his films. So. Um, and with those those actors and comedians, I mean, it's just, I'm not surprised at all. Right. Yeah, it definitely was the right mix of, of people to just be like, okay, live this scene and let's just see what happens. Way to go, MASH. Yeah. The, uh, what do you got? The, I was just thinking about the Jeep, how the movie starts with yeah, the Jeep Hawkeye stealing the Jeep and then... Taking the jeep away. At the end, they take they take the same jeep. Right, right. There's the whole like. Did Hawkeye just steal that jeep? No, sir. It's the one he came in with. Yeah, yeah. Stolen from uh, the other colonel, I think it was. Yeah, and uh, Father Mulcahy blesses a jeep at one point in the f- in the film. I think before they go to Japan, maybe. That sounds correct. Uh, I guess that was like an improv thing too. Oh no! Nice. They were just like, oh yeah, let's do this. I would want my jeep blessed if I were in a war zone. I would want everything blessed. Got nothing to lose by blessing Jeeps there. Is there any recently modern-ishly movie that that is, you know, that felt like maybe uh, somebody else's attempt at making M.A.S.H.? Does anything come to mind? I feel like there is, but I can't think of what it is. Like a, um, like a military comedy? Maybe, or maybe even a medical uh... comedy. Hmm. Not, not that I, not that comes to mind. I'm trying to think of military comedies. There's the the one about the in the army now with Paulie Shore. <laughs> the painting heist one, but that's no, nothing like Mash. The painting heist one uh, with it's got like Matt Damon, Monuments Men, Monuments Men. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing like Mash, that's for sure. Um, yeah, Ma- Monuments Men. I enjoy. I feel like they they tried to sell it wrong. They tried to sell it to us as. This is a war movie with a bunch of exciting action, and they just happen to be going after painting, when really it's a treasure hunt movie that happens to take place during it's war. It's not even that good of a treasure hunt movie. It's okay. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I had fun at the time, but... I enjoyed it. I like the scene when the... I'll revisit. I, I like the think. scene when the guy has to sneak into Belgium, and it's literally just a matter of climbing over a small <laughs> rock wall somewhere in, in yeah, France. Yeah. That's hilarious. Sneaking into Belgium. Indeed. What you looking up, Wes? I'm just checking to see if there's anything else that's really important. Um, Look up the phrase, try too hard to be like MASH. You try. You do that. All right. I'll look that up. Um, uh, what else is there to discuss with MASH? I feel like we've hit all the all the buttons. You know, there's sexism. There's blackmail. There's golf. There's football. There's... Uh, there's a, a, a shower assault. You want to hear? You want to hear a burn towards the sun? Oh, uh, the film's famous theme song was intended to be the stupidest song ever written. Hmm. After attempting to write the lyrics himself, Altman said he found it too difficult to write dumb enough, and instead gave the task to his 14-year-old son. Wow. He wrote the lyrics in five minutes. Wow. Two million. Five minutes for two million dollars. Hey, I'll take that gig. Through early morning fog I see I sang this song on the last episode When we 
Drew Mash from the yeah. Muppet yeah, you Bucket. You did do that. You did did I tell you about my uh, singing audition the other day? You didn't tell me about your singing audition. Tell me about it. So I got an audition to be in a musical. I won't say what musical. We'll keep it all under wraps. But if I were to get the part, I'd uh, get paid rehearsal, which is almost unheard of in this town. And then I'd get sent to a not-too-far-away city to perform the musical for about a month and a half while getting paid the whole time and put up in a casino and getting to live there and having a fun time and being in a musical, and it'd be real fun. So I auditioned for, let's say, a, a much smaller role. I'm not much of a musicals guy. I've auditioned for maybe one other musical in my life, Rocky Horror Picture Show, right before I moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Go in to audition for this small role. I sang uh, You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth by Meatloaf because I don't really know that many musical songs. But I'm like, hey, I know this song, and it shows my range. So I'm, I'm doing this great big bombastic song for this kind of small character audition, and the guy behind the counter goes, I want you to come to the callback on Sunday. But when you come on Sunday, you're going to be reading for basically the male lead. And I was like, whoa, okay. Sounds all right by me. Now, Sunday has come and gone. Went to that audition. Haven't heard a peep. Probably not going to get it. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not a musicals guy. I can live with it. But it felt good to get the offer for basically the male lead in this show, which I will not name on the air. All right. You can you can probably guess. Well, I'm not gonna. It was Mash the musical. Oh, sweet. no, it wasn't at all. It was com- something completely different. Oh boy, James Garner was almost Hawkeye in this film. Really, mm-hmm. James Garner as Hawkeye. What would that have been like? I don't have a very good James Garner impersonation. Otherwise, I'd uh, I'd try to uh, you know impersonate James Garner as Hawkeye. Let me see what I can do. <clears throat> oh, I'm Hawkeye. Look at me. I'm James Garner. Let me play Hawkeye, Robert. He's Australian, right? No. James Garner, star of Gladiator and... James Garner, as in like the... Wasn't he in like the, the Rockford, Rockford Files? Files? He's not Australian. And he was in uh, Les Mis Jennifer, with Hugh Jackman. Jennifer Garner. James Garner was in Les Mis with Hugh Jackman? He played Russell Crowe. He played Russell Crowe. Yeah, you see what I did there. Yeah, okay. Should we talk about other movies? Have we exhausted MASH? I mean, there's more things in here, you know. I did, uh, I was very, you know what scene in MASH made me sad was when um, the young Korean guy, who was basically like their sort of gopher around their around their base, mm-hmm. who was always making them martinis and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, when he, for whatever reason, had to like, leave he had to like stay they they went on some little trip into the city and some doctor there was like this boy needs to stay here and get they were drafting him for for their, yeah, the that's korean what army it was yes. yeah that so, was sad yeah korea was drafting him and they tried to get him out of it and yeah. they saw through it it was sad Real he sort sad. of expected him to come back as like a victim I was worried that was yeah. going to happen the whole rest of the time. Yeah. I was like, "Oh no, is he going to come in as a as the you know stepped on a landmine?" And now these all these dudes who are his friends are going to have to work on him. And yeah, yeah, that was a that was a scary scary little barely mentioned uh, subplot going through the movie there. So as I, as I go through these this uh, these notes, yeah, um, there's a lot of information about how like 
you know, the studio wasn't behind the film and they gave Robert Altman a hard time and all this oh. stuff. And here's a really good example. Um, the accounting department claimed shooting was four days behind schedule on their second day. Wow. That's a bold claim. Yeah. Four days behind schedule on their second day. I mean, I suppose that's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, you, you were supposed to have everything you did in day one and two. You were supposed to have right. done in four days hmm. or in in half a day, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. How Math is work? hard. Math is hard. To be four be, days they should, they schedule should have on day Half two. a day's work in two days. Yeah. Um, half a day's work. In two, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly how it would have to work. Oh, it's a, it's a book. It's a novel. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Um, Mash the novel. So Frank Burns is a combination of two characters from the novel. Uh, I did see something else that I thought was interesting. Which one was Burns? Was that their colonel? Frank. Oh, the, uh, the bad guy. Robert, Dahl, or, Robert, uh, Duvall. Robert Duvall. Yes. Uh, so MASH units are no longer uptight. used. Oh, no, they're not? Uh, the last one was in 2006 in Pakistan. How is that even possible? Do we they, just... don't put, they don't put pop-up hospitals in. They fly people to... I guess that makes sense. Out of the country. Okay. All right. They have medics on site. That makes I don't sense. know. I'm just talking out of my butt. I know. Well, you know, th- thankfully, you and I live in a country where we didn't have to join the military. And, uh, you know. Well, we had to. We could have been drafted. We had to register. Could have been. Draft. But fortunately, we, we live in a country where we were free to make the choice that we didn't have to join. And for that, I thank the men and women sure. who did join. Sure. Yeah. I almost joined when I was 19. Fortunately, I was too heavy at the time, and then 9-11 happened. Yeah. And so I'm happy to say I didn't have to go away to war when 9-11 happened. Burt Reynolds almost joined this movie. Really? Yeah, he he was going to be Trapper John. Wow, uh, that would have been cool. turned it down. I like Elliot Gould. Bert, he was good in it. Deliverance Reynolds as Trapper John, MD. That would have been uh, would have been pretty intense. Would he have had his mustache? Because you know, know he didn't have it in Deliverance, and I wonder if back then was he known for the mustache? There's there's only one way to find out. Yeah. You got to look up Burt Reynolds, 1970 or 69 or James Kahn also turned down the role. James the Godfather Kahn, huh? Well, he wasn't the Godfather, but okay. Well, he was in the Godfather. Uh, who was he playing? Uh, Trapper John as well? Yeah, he, he would have been. He, he would have been Trapper John as well. Interesting. James Kahn. He'll mess you up, man. He'll mess you up, Jack. What about, um, wow, Burt Reynolds? As Trapper John. Now, was Hawkeye always Donald Sutherland? Was anybody else ever in uh, ever in uh, contention for Hawkeye there? Any news on that? I'm sorry, now? What was that? Was Hawkeye always Donald Sutherland, or did anybody else almost get that part? So far, I haven't seen uh, another another one um, other than uh, uh, James Garner. James Garner, Australian treasure. Of the acting world as Hawkeye Pierce. You tell me, man. You tell me. What if we haven't been recording this whole time? We have. Sweet. We have. Okay. Good. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop looking at these notes because it's just distracting. It's distracting you. 
It really is. It's not a good sign when the notes aren't causing you to go, ooh, here's a new good note. That means well, those are some boring notes you got. So there. much information in here. and That's what um, you get with these uh, 46-year-old movies. People just keep adding. Adding and adding and adding to the tedium. Yeah, um, I know that uh, they added a title card at the beginning of the movie that said Korea, so you knew where they were. Made sense because um, they shot it in Malibu, and it, I, I've never been to not, Korea. Probably not Malibu, right? Well, I mean, that's where they shot the series. It looked well, a, yeah, Malibu State Creek similar. Park, not like Malibu, like well, not yeah, not the city of Malibu, the quote unquote city of Malibu. Um, uh, but yeah, they shot it in you know the the mountains over there. Yeah, Korea. Oh, well, I don't know if they shot it there. I know that's where they shot the show. That's where they shot the show. I was just and there if you take a hike recently. up there, you can still find some of the magic vehicles laying around. Yeah. You really can, yeah. Yeah, I know, because I was just up there. Yeah. Did you get a picture with the MASH vehicles? I did. Well, why haven't I seen it? I don't know. There's a bunch of rusted Jeeps that, that hardly look like Jeeps anymore, but they have oh, one really? ambulance that still exists, but people have, like, r- scratched their names into Those it. and jerks. Written with permanent marker and stuff. Man. Um, everything's tagged in this town. Yeah. But it's kind of cool. They, like, they have photos... You know, little blocks of wood with photos from, like, essentially the angle that you'd be looking at would be the camera angle of, like, where the tents were. And you can kind of see, like, oh, yeah, look, that that rock formation is still there. It's the same rock formation. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. I'll have to hike up there one of these days. Yeah, it's, like, an hour, hour and a half, I think, to get to it. Cool. Um, Unless you know the back way, which I I know the back way now. And it's a shortcut? 15-ish minutes. Why? Why? Like, why don't... Why was there a back way? Yeah. That's a really interesting question that you asked there. Uh, So, um... I mean, why isn't that just the way if it's only 15 minutes? uh, Well, it's in a neighborhood. Oh. (laughs) So you got to park in the neighborhood and then jump onto the trail and then know how to get there from there. Uh Uh-huh. For the most part, stay to the right. Avoid the poison oak. There's a lot of poison oak. Oh, terrific. Um... They, uh, the back way is, which is much shorter, is how they got the production vehicles in. So with all the lights and the camera equipment and things. Cool. Um, however, the actors had to be, uh, had to come in through the main way. And so they, they, um, I think they lobbied for like golf carts or something to take them to and from set. Pretty rad. Surprised they didn't just use those neat helicopters that they're always showing on that yeah, show. Yeah, I don't think they flew those around very much. Well, uh, they look like little dragonflies. Well, they look like gigantic dragonflies. That that back way was. Oh, oh we got uh, some sirens going little on. Fire department going on outside. That's so always fun. That, that back way was paved, and y- the remnants of the old road is there. Yeah. It's all cracked and crumbled, and a lot of it's washed away. And, oh. Um, the sign is there, although I guess Have it's a, a a replica sign. You know, the the sign that pointed to like, oh yeah, I think I know what Tallahassee you're and San yeah. Francisco, and somebody stole a couple of the things. What? But it actually, uh, come on, it actually um, burned down. The original caught fire. the The set burned. Oh, um, and so they had to rewrite the finale of Mash to the have it have the camp catch fire and burn yeah and Yikes. so and that's why I'm hearing a lot of screaming yeah you know is that a kid that's a, uh, either a child or a 
or an adult Ang- angry bird. Yeah. Oh gosh. Be careful out there, everybody. Yeah. That kid's probably a fan of Euster. Yeah. Or a fan of Mash. Both. All right. To be one is to possibly be the other. So not. Uh, let's move off of Mash. Yes, let's. Is there anything coming out that you're looking forward to? Well, we discussed Doctor Strange. Yeah. I feel so out of touch on the movies lately. I just saw a trailer for... Well, gosh, I mean, Rogue One's coming out in, what, two months? Yeah. That's just crazy. The idea that... I mean, we're getting basically a Star Wars movie once a year for the next however many years aren't we uh yeah for like th- uh th- well like we're gonna get rogue han one solo a star wars story eight, episode right? eight han solo episode nine boba fett something else boba fett or yoda episode i think 10, right something else they're just gonna keep giving us star wars i almost can't believe it i tell you are you watching star wars rebels the series i do not I saw. I don't watch it either. My roommate's always bugging me to watch it. I'm like, I got enough reasons to be looking at screens and sitting in chairs. I gotta, I gotta be mindful of that. But the other day, I was looking uh, through the DVDs over at Target. Mm-hmm. There was a DVD for like Star Wars Rebels season one on sale or whatever. And the main character, the the young kid character, was using a light slingshot. And I was a little saddened by that. Yeah. Like, lightsaber, really cool weapon. Awesome weapon. It's a sword made out of laser beam. Awesome. Yeah. The saber with the cross coming out of it, I get it. It looks neat, but it's a really good way to just chop your own hand off or stab yourself in the torso or leg. Not thrilled by it. But to have what is essentially a slingshot with light as the rubber band for a light slingshot. Mm Mm-hmm. That just made me kind of like they are they are reaching for different light sabery weapons to <laughs> use on this show here. I don't know. It just sort of it just made me want to re- maybe sit down and write a letter. But what good would it do? None. Yeah, exactly. So we got um, the accountant. The accountant starring up. Ben Affleck. Now, the accountant. They make it pretty clear he's autistic. They also make it pretty clear he's a total bad. Is he autistic? Does he have Asperger's? I'm I'm unclear. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. But uh, I want to know, do you think this is Affleck going after his Jason Bourne? I don't know. Just wondering. I don't think he cares. Just throwing that idea out there. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Then we got Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher get, wait, 2. I'm very excited for that one. Jack Reacher 2, still reaching. Still you reaching. thought I was going to say still jacking. No, I was going to say still reaching. Still reaching. Yeah. I don't know if it's really called that. Probably not. I don't think anybody would name uh, a movie that. I hope Jack Reacher 2 is good. Jack Reacher 1 was entertaining. And yeah, I feel like they're showing too exciting. much too much actiony stuff in the trailers. Welcome the to every trailer for the last five years, my friend. This is why I don't watch trailers anymore. I just saw some new trailer the other day. I, I've blocked it from my mind because I was like, I never need to watch that movie. That trailer showed absolutely every little twist and turn of the plot, and now I don't need to see it. Uh, Maybe said, oh, I saw the new Power Rangers trailer. Yeah, Desi wants to see that. Looks kind of good. I don't think so. But the tr- Well, I mean, the Power Rangers were never good to begin with. Elizabeth Banks looks cool in it. She looks awesome in it. Yeah. So it's sort of like to make a good Power Rangers movie isn't 
can't be that hard because they I'll weren't. It wasn't it. a good show. It was entertaining. It wasn't good. It was just there's the monster. Let's fight it. Uh, it's bigger now. Let's get bigger. Um, we Ouija Ouija. Uh, I try not to even talk about Ouija. Origin of Evil. Did you see? Have you seen the commercial with the little girl talking to the the boyfriend? Oh, for the new Ouija movie. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. good I little. try not to pay any attention to Ouija stuff. Yeah, you're afraid bad of stories. Bad juju. Man. Bad stories about Ouija stuff. Um. Something happened in the Power Rangers trailer. Yeah. That's been happening in a lot of trailers lately. Okay. And it's driving me insane. Welcome to Trailer Corner. Exactly. That is a lot of these trailers, especially a lot of the for for the movies that are aimed at the the young adult audience. Yeah. They're doing this thing where they take an old song and they have it covered by somebody trying to sound like Lord. Yeah. Of a, yeah. And they just she do covered like, that song in the Hunger Games. Exactly. And now yeah. this movie has a girl trying to sound like Lord doing a really slow, super boring cover of Johnny Cash's Walk the Line. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense with the trailer at all. But they're rebels. So they're going to walk that line between being rebels and being good guys. I no. I'm just stretching. You're here. really jack reaching. Two. Uh, I'm jack reaching too. But, uh, That's got to be a new phrase for us. Yeah. Jack reaching too. You're really jack reaching too. But I feel like every trailer I see that's aimed at the young adult audience has this moment, and it's usually always right at the beginning of beginning of the trailer where they go, get a cover song that sounds like it's being sung by Lord, and just slap that on the first uh, forty seconds of the trailer. Yeah. And do kids want that at all? Like, who cares? Who wants that? Well, because okay, it sounds like you, garbage. Because it's they're they're not doing that for kids; they're doing it for adults. I guess so. But that movie's not made for kids. That, that movie's made for people who were kids when that was out. Yeah, but Power Rangers, I mean, there's still a Power Rangers series going. It's not made for them. Of some ilk. It's it's not made for those kids these days. Either way, you know, look at look at a, I don't know, look at every, tra- I feel like every trailer has the wannabe Lord singing uh, an old cover song that doesn't fit at all, but there it is. It drives you, me up the wall. Are you familiar with the Gregory Brothers? The Gregory Brothers. It's Shmo, ringing a bell. Shmo Yoho. They they do. Uh, they did like Auto Tune the News. That's oh yes, they okay. For. They did. Um, they've done a couple of videos where they um, they they change the key. So they do ha- sad happy songs and happy sad songs. Okay. So um, if it's if it's a sad song, it's in a minor key, and they change it to a major. And yeah. if it's a happy song, it's in a major key. They change it to a minor, and they do them in a s- different style than they originally intended. That sounds funny. Yeah, and so there's like some really, like I'm never going to give you up is like creepy and <laughs> what, scary. By Rick Astley. Yeah, funny. It, it's pretty funny. And they did they did videos for them and stuff, and they did like Uptown Funk. As sounds very like like they religious did a melancholy and, yeah. version of Uptown yeah. Funk. Wow, yeah. so some good stuff. I'll look up some of those. Check that out. All right, so let's. So since since we're mixing things up now, uh, let's talk about movies that are coming out. We just we mentioned a few. Let's focus on stuff just in October right now. All right, you've got some sort of list in front of you. I Let do. Me hear I'm looking at. I'm looking at. This is not necessarily the most uh, intricate list or the complete list necessarily. Um, let's see. What we got here Max Steel. Max. Based Steel. on a children's show, I believe. I hear it's uh, better than you think it would be. Oh, that's cool. Doesn't mean it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. This is the one about a teenager gets this robot that can turn him into a superhero, huh? Sure. It's like the Giver for teens. Sure. Max Steele. Uh, uh, keep going. The Accountant we talked about. Kevin Hart, what now? 
movie mixed with his stand-up. Oh. Kind of a cool idea. I'll check that out. I like Kevin Hart. I do, too. Uh, there's a few of them. But I'm going to skip most of the like little indie things that I don't know anything about. Well, don't skip all of them. No, I won't skip all of them, but if I don't know anything about them, I mean, Jack Goes Home, you know anything about that? Haven't heard about it. Priceless, anything about that? No. The Handmaiden, you know anything about that? I keep Do you want me to skip some of these? Or? <laughs> people, keep, uh, people keep posting the trailer for The Handmaiden, yeah. and I watched it. And it looks like it's going to be pretty intense, but I also don't think I'll ever bother watching the whole movie. So, okay, so October 21st, we got Jack Reacher 2. Yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses. Don't, Keeping? Don't go see that, guys. Up with the Joneses. Don't do it. Who's in that? Oh, Zach Galifianakis yeah. and John Hamm? Yeah. I haven't seen the trailer for it, but just the fact that those two guys are in it, I want to see it. Um, I want to see Keeping Up with the Joneses. Zach G and John Hamm. Gal Gadot. I mean, I don't know. Gal Gadot, you say that like she's not worth watching. She's Gal Gadot, sir. Yeah, she is. Yeah, dude. She's going to be wonderful. She's already wonderful. If you had a choice between Jack Reacher 2, if you were recommending somebody go see a movie this weekend. Right, Jack Reacher 2, still reaching for it. Yep. Keeping up with the Joneses. Or Tyler Perry's Boo. Or Ouija. No, definitely not. And then a bunch of uh, indie films, although I'm going to recommend one. So if you're not going to go see Jack Reacher, go see The Pickle Recipe. The Pickle Recipe. Go see little indie film. Called The Pickle Recipe. Yep. It's got uh, one of our favorites. Who? David Paymer. Cool. It's... um. About this uh, guy who teams up with his uncle to steal his grandmother's secret pickle recipe so uh, he can replace his, like, MC equipment. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Keeping up with the Joneses. No, I'm going to vote pickle recipe. Uh, It got got, uh, a pretty good response from uh, film festivals. All right. So I think if if you weren't going to go see Jack Reacher, my pick is... The pickle recipe, I don't think it'll blow your mind, but I think it will be a nice, uh, happy, and funny... uh, But you haven't seen it yet. I have not seen it. Okay. I also have not seen Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher 2. Still reaching for the stars. Yep. Um, I'm going to sit in this table, and then that phone's going to ring, and then I'm going to arrest you. uh, Then there is, uh, at, at the end of the month, Inferno. Inferno. It's really the only big release right at the end of the month. I feel like I've seen the trailer for Inferno, and right now I can't think it's of It's the Dan Brown, Tom Hanks. Oh, a new uh, Dr. Uh, da Vinci Code guy. Dr. Da Vinci Code. That is correct. Yeah, what is his character's name? Who? Tom Hanks' character? Yeah. Robert Langdon? Langdon, that's it. Dr. Yeah. Langdon, I presume? Yeah. Okay. I like Tom Hanks. I like Ron Howard. Uh, yeah. Um, I Ron read, Howard's a little rusty these days. I still like him. Yeah, I do too. He's still a wonderful person. Yeah. Um, I read uh, the I thought prequel. In the, I, I thought In the Heart of the Sea was actually not that bad. I still did not watch it's, that. It's incredibly slow and it's not at all what they marketed. I think if people knew going into it that it was a drama and there was not that much action. Oh, yeah? But they were like, the movie's like, whale attacking boats, whale attacking boats. Yeah, hey, the, guess what? Whales are going to attack boats. It's yeah, not, the trailers not. made it look like it was just going to be a thrill ride. It is a lot of talking. whole lot of talking, not a whole lot of attacking. Is that what you're telling me? 
Correct. Maybe I'll check it out. I tell you, I watched, uh, what was it called? Our Finest Hours. Uh, Chris yeah, Pine yeah. and the and, early uh, Coast Guard My friend there. Abraham Ben Ruby. He plays the cook. Abraham Sit down, you're rocking ben the boat. Ruby. I think he I sings, He sings throughout the whole movie. I think I know who you're talking about. I don't want to say too much else. That makes sense. Um, pretty cool movie. Very slow. Very depressing. And slow, too, well, right? Well, I don't even remember if it felt slow. It's a lot of like waiting like, to get to the moment. There is know? a lot of that. And just the whole movie seems to just take place in the dark. Like no matter yeah. what. <laughs> it's cold, it's, dark and cold. It's just so dark and cold. And I was like, yeah. I like cold and sunny movies. Or I like cold and sometimes dark, sometimes sunny. But it was just always dark and cold. And was, could you imagine having to do ooh. that? You know? Yeah. Dark and cold and wet. And probably for, soon to be dead for however many weeks on set there and if i'm not mistaken was ben foster also in that ben foster casey affleck was in it casey affleck was in it was he casey affleck's friend on the boat ben foster i think so or maybe he was chris pine's friend but i think ben foster because you know those guys are in uh, uh hell or high water right now which everybody should go see well we've talked we've talked about ben foster a lot on the on the podcast a bit i mean ben foster does great work um and Daniel and I have talked about Ben Foster on the podcast yeah. as well. Um, ben Foster. See if he's also in our finest hours. But he's, yes, he's in Inferno. To this, he's in Inferno. Well, that's good. To know. Well, they show him in the trailer and they show oh. what happens to him in the trailer. Oh, so. see trailers. Oh, anybody water. out there. If you're in charge of deciding what goes into the trailers, Warcraft. less is more. The finest hours. He is in it. So he, he and Chris Pine team up in that and in uh, hell or high water. Lone Survivor, Kill Your Darlings, Ain't Them Body Saints. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this and Hell or High Water is playing near you, see it. Rampart. If you have not seen The Messenger, that is the movie to go, all right, I'm in for this Ben Foster guy. The Messenger. The Messenger. Woody Harrelson and Ben Foster. And they play... Um, I'm trying to remember. What. Oh, is that when they have to go around and inform people yeah. of their that that their enlisted family member has, has passed has and died? Yeah, you're now a widow. Oh God! It is. It's a great. Have you seen it? You haven't seen it, have you? Uh, Just the way you're reacting, I feel like you haven't seen it because you don't want to watch it. Because I think depressing. when it was coming out, I was like, "That looks great," but I it's don't really have good. time to be that sad. It's not as depressing as you think it's going to be. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I remember thinking that looks really good, but it's very hopeful. Sad. It's actually okay. it's actually a very hopeful kind of film. It's very moving, and he, he is. I mean, Woody Harrelson's great too, but he's sure. great in just about everything. Yeah. Um, but Ben Foster is fantastic in the film. He's really the lead of the film. Cool. The Messenger. Yeah. That's good to know. Should we draw from the Muppet bucket? Do uh, we have more movies to let's, discuss. Let's let's draw. Um, I go find the bucket. Find the bucket. Oh, it's I will on top keep of a vamping. shelf. Hey everybody, uh, you're listening to the. View the right thing special segment with Steve and Walt the Sleeping Dog. So we've got so we've got a theatrical thing going on, theatrical releases. We got a trailer thing now in our podcast. I think we just we all of you said I have to refine it, but hey, man, refining is what movies is all about. Oh, yeah, I watched Yoga Hosers the other night. Oh, I really want to see it. I mean, I hear it's not that good, but I really want to see it anyways. Fair enough. Is it good? Do you like it? Did you enjoy it? I like Kevin Smith's stuff. 
Um, there's a lot of talk that this movie was very, very much targeted at teenage girls, and I can see that being true. But I had some really good laughs here and there. And uh, I'm interested to see Moose Jaws. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm yeah. going to draw the first one. I normally, I just say you draw. Yeah, you always make me draw. Do you I'm want me to hold while you draw? No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I don't don't spill that bucket. Crook of my arm. So that is the October bucket? That's the October that bucket. There, is, there better be some good horror movies in there, man. Oh, I like this. I don't think you saw this one. Pontypool. I haven't seen that one. You and Desi have mentioned that yeah, a lot. I really like this movie. I don't understand the title. Uh, you will when you see the movie. All right. So okay, so second one, um, I'm digging deep, digging real deep. Oh man, I'm getting down in there. Wait for it. Mm, I'm afraid to read it. Yeah, I'm afraid to read it. At all. April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. Oh, I like that one Haven't a lot. Haven't there been several horror movies called April Maybe, Fool's Day? Maybe, but we're going to watch the 80s. <laughs> the, the 80s uh, April Fool's Day. Uh, one of my favorite Halloween films. Um, I, I just don't want to say anything about it. Okay. We, we'll, we'll join, uh, I think her name is Muffy St. Clair. That's the character and the rest of the and the rest of the rich kids on the island. All right. Uh, shortly, that's that's exciting. I'm really excited about so it. So we're gonna watch Pontypool and April Fool's Day. There's a bit of a rhyming scheme going on. Pontypool, April Fool. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Interesting. I'm excited. This is this this is a good duo. Very yeah. very 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 different films, but both. Um, unique for what they are like they they both uh have a a nice spin okay on the genre of film that they that they fall into that's very good to know as long as i never have to sit through pieces ever again in my life nope did you watch pieces nope never do okay old horror movie tries to be dario argento oh i like Argento. Um, a man gets his wiener squeezed to the point of exploding um lots and lots of bad ideas mm, at work in sounds pieces. unfortunate well, I think that that wraps up Mash. That wraps up Mash and uh, our theatrical talk. We'll ho- Steve and I'll try and go see a movie together if we can. We'll give it a try. And oh, should we pledge to get both episodes for each of these movies in before? Halloween? I was thinking we do a double episode. Okay, so then we can just get one more because I don't think we're going to get more than one one episode recorded before Halloween. What? It's the twelfth or eleventh already. Today's the eleventh. We got twenty days to record two episodes. That's not insane. Well, I mean, don't don't push me because I'll I'll start talking crazy. I'll start talking four movies. I was born talking crazy. All right, you heard it here. Steve wants to do four movies, two episodes before Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. Sure. Okay, so we're going to do Pontypool and April Fool's Day. Yeah. Uh, we'll get that out hopefully in about a week. All right. And then we'll draw two more horror films and get another one out. We're going we're gonna to be busy, my friend. We will, but we'll make it I happen. I love it. It's I like, October, man. You know what? I love Steve's can-do attitude. It's October, baby. Oh, I'm getting a tweet. Ooh, tweety, tweety. It's about our show. What? Somebody retweet our your tweet about uh, our show? We got a favorite from my last tweet about this. Oh, yeah? Who favorited us? We'll shout, shout out to... Oh, it's a new follower of mine. Uh, his name is Jeff. I'm going to guess his last name is pronounced 
Hukal, maybe Halkel. I'm what's not his, sure. What's his Twitter handle? Maybe people could follow Jeff. Twitter handle is at Jeff, J-E-F-F, H-O-U-K-A-L. Shout out to Jeff, my new follower. Already liking tweets. I love to hear nice. it, Jeff. Thanks for your support. Uh, where can people find you, Steve? I am at Steve in Nohowood on Twitter and on Instagram. U.S. are at Movie Hippo. Movie Hippo. And we are both at VTRT Movies. VTRT Movies for View the Right Thing. That's Instagram and Twitter. We got it on lockdown. And uh, we have a Facebook page that you can like. Oh, yeah. The Facebook page tends to get uh, information a bit faster. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I try to do the Instagram thing. It depends. Like, I, I usually try to do um, a, like, a little, like kind of like a meme, you know, a photo from the film with, like, yes. a line of dialogue. I usually try to do that on Instagram, and then I share it to Facebook as well. I like that. Um, people seem to like the posts better when there's visuals. Yeah, for if sure. If it's just words, they don't, just ignore it. This is sad but true. Yeah. You know what's sad but true. Metallica's going to sue me. I don't know what you're talking about. Help yourself to my dollar, Metallica. To my one dollar. Well. You guys. We're going to go give Metallica some money. (laughs) and uh, They've got enough of my money. We will see or talk to you soon. Everybody, watch some movies. Pontypool. Spend some time with people that you like and watch movies that you like. Pontypool and April Fool's Day. Watch Pontypool. Watch April Fool's Day. And our next episode will be about both. All right, everybody. See you next time. Say it. Bon Cinema. Yeah.